The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. And speaking of expert views, Simon Tierney is going to be here for the shopping trolley hotline, comparing Jaffa cakes, no less. I mean, it's. It's a great debate whether they're a cake or a biscuit. Paul Howard, are they a cake or a biscuit? Um, they're biscuits to me, but whatever they are, they don't last long in our house. Oh, like, yeah. They're just one of those, I think they're one of those biscuits that you just can't stop eating them. I can't anyway. Like I'd, I'd have one and then I'm back at the press a and few minutes later for another. Because you hear sports teams eating them, you convince yourself that somehow you're being athletic as well oh, by oh, eating completely. the whole packet, yeah. It's funny, Roddy Collins, I did book with Roddy Collins yeah. last year and when, when Roddy was at Bohemians, he was trying to persuade Bohemians to, to spend money on Jaffa cakes. Oh, and he yeah. said it was one of his biggest, like he had a, a, a kind of really uh, a difficult relationship with the board, but he said it came to a head over Jaffa cakes. And he was trying to explain to them that these give players energy at halftime. All the teams that are in, in England are doing it. But mm. I think they said, to, somebody said something to him like, are we going on a picnic or are we a football team? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, we'll, we'll park that there. Simon Tierney's going to be talking about Jaffa cakes. That's not why you're here. You've new book out what's it called it's called Aldrin Adams and the Legend of Nemesis so Aldrin Adams this is the second appearance of Aldrin yeah so it's a children's book this is the first uh, solo children's book I've done um, I did a series of books with Gordon Darcy. Gordon wanted to tell the story of his rugby career mm. through, the, through the eyes of a child, which I, which, I mean, I leapt at that when he suggested it. Uh, but this was a, pl- this was a book I kind of had, the idea was kind of bubbling away in my head for a lot of years. I can't stay away from cheese. I'm just a fiend for cheese. If there's, oh, what types of cheese? Oh, everything. Absolutely everything. Epoise is my favourite. Uh, blue cheese, Roquefort, Stilton, cheddar, any kind of cheese. If they're giving out cheese samples in the supermarket, my wife has to grab me by the ankles to pull me oh, away. Yeah. I just love Mr. Do- Howard, you've been up this aisle already. Yeah, please. Exactly. Please leave yeah, some yeah. cheese <laughs> for the other customers. <laughs> Do a second flyby. <laughs> yeah. um, but, um, so if we're in a restaurant, I don't have a sweet tooth, so I generally don't eat desserts, but I'll have cheese. But the downside of it is they give me strange nightmares. Like, yes. like strange dreams and nightmares. And Mary, my wife, is the same. And so often we were we were lying in bed, having woken up at three in the morning, exchanging stories about our nightmares. Mm. Um, I have I have one where I'm being attacked by giant seagulls. Uh, okay. and actually, that features in this book. So uh, this kid dreams that he's a chip and that he's in a bag and that seagulls are trying to eat him. So I came up with this idea for a children's story about a superhero who doesn't, his, he's got a really kind of strange superpower. He can't breathe underwater. He can't, you know, fly or go mm. invisible or any of those cool things. It's this odd superpower where if he eats cheese just before he goes to sleep at night and thinks really, really hard about somebody, he can enter their nightmares and help, just help them with whatever it is that kind of frightens them in the night. Um, so he's kind of, so I did, I did one book with Aldrin Adams and the cheese nightmares was the first in the series. And this is the second. And the process of writing that book, this book on your own, I mean, how does it compare, say, to writing the Russell Carroll Kelly books? There's a lot less bad language in it, for instance. Yes, it's true. <laughs> None at all, by the way. Um, it's it's totally different. I think, you know, with the Russell Carroll Kelly books, um, I'm I'm inspired a lot by the events of the day. So, yeah. they're, they're, you know, like I see something in the news and I think, oh, is there kind of, some kind of spin I can put on that? With the Aldrin Adams books, I can just let my imagination 
take over. Um, I love writing for children because you can be as daft and as ridiculous and as silly uh, as you like. And as long as kids, as long as you explain the rules at the start. Yes. As long as you say he can get into people's nightmares. And so if somebody has a recurring nightmare that they're being chased by a dog or, you know, being chased by a seagull like I do. Uh, and you say, and he can, he can actually help change the ending. And kids go, yeah, OK, I'll buy that. And, and so who is in your Who do you imagine when you're writing the book? Do you imagine a reader? Like, is it you as a child, your own kids? Yeah. Who, who, who's reading it? I think it's me as a child, because my favourite book, uh, when I, my favourite books when I was a kid were books that were a bit bold. OK. You know? So there was a book um, called Fungus the Bogeyman that I loved when I was a kid. Mm. And uh, it, it was by um, Raymond Briggs, who did The Snowman. And it's this, fa- this family of bogeymen and they just live to frighten people. Uh, yes. You know, they, they're the ones who, who who are under your bed or in your wardrobe. And so I suppose I'm, I was very, obviously very inspired by that, given that it's about kind of night mares and things like that but this family uh, they were they were from the north of England and they spoke this kind of vernacular to each other and I mm. think they may have smoked I hope I'm not denigrating the books I think I think they'd be having a cigarette and stuff like that but my mother saw, when I was a child like picked up this book that I was reading saw me kind of giggling in the corner yeah. and sort of said what's that and she saw it and she was so horrified she marched me back to the library with it oh you have to give it back yeah but, but every time we went to the library I would just sort of peel off and say I'm just going to go down to this and I knew where it was <laughs> So I was yes. able to I was able to read it. So I suppose that's who I have in mind. Mm. The books are the books are there's a lot there's a lot of yuck in the book uh, in this one in particular because he discovers that the smellier the cheese the more vivid the mm. nightmare and you know the the easier it is for him to intervene in a nightmare. So I'm doing a sh- I do a show for kids when I'm promoting the book. I'm doing one in Dunleary in the library tomorrow where I bring along some of the smelliest cheeses known yes. to man. And there's one called Limburger. And my brother-in-law, uh, sorry, my, my wife's nephew brought some home from Berlin because I asked him to get it. But I okay. said, make sure you get it vacuum packed. You can't buy it here. It's so it's so vile smelling. I said, get it vacuum packed because it really, really stinks. And he forgot to. And he took it He took it in his hand luggage oh, on the plane. No. He said to me, people 10 rows ahead were looking back. Like, so I, I think Limburger is, I think it's German Have you for it? what's that smell. No, I mean, I put it in the freezer. Okay. And because I knew it was going to be a few weeks before I did a show, so I put it in the freezer and then I took it out uh, yesterday and I put it on the draining board uh, to defrost. And I went back into the kitchen about five hours later and it stopped me in my tracks right the way across the kitchen. It is so vi- It reminds me of uh, we had a we, under our uh, in our shed, a rat died underneath the shed before oh, Christmas. The smell of a rotting rat or mouse is terrible. That's yeah. what this cheese smells like. Yeah. Now, apparently it's delicious, but I like probably tastes better than the rotting rat. Well, I'd you'd, probably, you'd give it that at least. <laughs> I guess it probably would. I'd, I'm, I'm dying to taste it. I mean, I might. I you'll might have to. Oh, you'll have yeah, to taste yeah. it. You'll have to taste it. Um, to, to what extent, when you're writing the book, though, I wonder: like, are you conscious of parents reading it to kids as well? And because I find that, you know, yeah. what I mean, when I'm reading to my kids, and they're kind of at that age where they're they're just beginning to be able to read the book themselves. But you yeah. know, that be you have you have to be there because there'll be certain words. Yeah, what's that? You know, that they'll yeah. get stuck on and. I enjoy it. I, I'm more likely to engage and to do it and to yeah. keep reading if I'm kind of enjoying it as right. well. Right. OK. Yeah. And I am aware of that definitely when I'm when I'm writing. Like, you know, there is that thing of 
um, like there's gags in these books that are for adults. I yes. don't mean they're I don't mean they're adult jokes, but I mean they're they're jokes that an older generation. The only blue bit is the cheese, is the what you're saying. The only blue bit is the stilton. <laughs> um, but Aldrin, uh, who's the kid, his dad runs a cheesemonger's, mm. and they have this thing they say to each other when they go to when Aldrin's going to bed at night. He says the dad says sweet dreams, and he says are made of cheese. Who am I? to disagree <laughs> and it's I, I love a pun like and there's so many there's so so much oh, fun yeah. to be had with cheese puns but this is the thing they say so it's a eurythmic song from 1984 I think or yeah. 1983 which probably most of the kids reading the book have no idea but I like the idea that a parent yeah. reading it will say oh yeah uh, you know, maybe they might even play the song for, for their son or daughter who's reading the book. And so this is the second, I mean, the second in a long series in your mind? Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I said no when somebody asked me, was Ross going to be a long series? And now oh, yeah. I've just finished writing the 24th book in that wow. series. So, so, 2000, is that when the first book yeah, came out? Yeah, the year 2000, yeah. Because uh, yeah. I, I, I was looking at it, I was trying to remember when it was and I had to look it up, uh, 2000. So for people who bought that book, the mm. World Cup in Argentina... And the yeah, and the abolition of smallpox were yeah. more contemporary events That's than, right. than the publication of that book is to us today. Yeah, it, That's it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's pretty. <laughs> when I think about it like that, it is amazing. The first column, the first Russell Kyle Kelly column, appeared twenty five years ago last week. So it's um, and and when I started writing it, Ross was a sort of seventeen year old. Yeah. Uh, like rugby jock and now he's a middle-aged man with grandchildren but it's it's evo- as well the world is evo- like it's it's a dystopian alternative reality now isn't it I mean his dad is the Taoiseach yeah Leicester has been burned down by Russians the last time I checked yeah but you know what sometimes I think I've gone a bit far on this <laughs> and then and then something happens that makes me think I, 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 think, far I, enough. I think I wrote that five books ago <laughs> um, so there's a there's a, a running joke in it that, about um, home drove uh, Ross and his Ross, Ross's friends have invented these vertical beds where people can sleep standing <laughs> yeah. up, so they take up less space. And somebody sent me uh, uh, somebody sent me a thing from a newspaper. I think it was in Japan the other day about mm. about that very thing that people are now sleeping standing up in Japan. Uh, it, I mean, so you're as busy as because you were you wrote on Bad Sisters as well. I did. Yeah, yeah. It was that was brilliant. Really, yeah. really loved it. There's a second season coming as well, and. Um, that was so much fun. I mean, I just I love working with Sharon Horgan. She's, she's and how just did that incredible. come about? Um, they they just asked me. I had I had done I'd written a comedy uh, pilot, uh, which I pitched to Sharon years ago, and we went to America together, and we um, we sold it to E. Okay, uh, so the E is the channel the Kardashians appeared on. Yeah. Uh, and at the time they were thinking of doing scripted comedy and they, they bought the show and commissioned it, commissioned the pilot and everything and never, you know, like there's so many broken dreams in the, in the TV and movie. Yeah. World. Like with a book, you sit down to write a book and you have a reasonable expectation that it's going to be in a bookshop in a year's time. Yes. But with film and TV, you never know. Um, but um, we don't, Sharon and I had worked on a couple of, other things and then she told me she was doing this show for Apple and asked me if I'd be interested in, in joining the writer's room so but it's I've really enjoyed it and yeah. it's such a it's such a great show and I'm not bigging up my part in it it's 
I'm talking about the actors, you know. I mean, what a what a wonderful cast! You oh know? yeah, no, Eva we talked Burton, about it. And Sarah it, Green, it, she, it is brilliant, and Sharon herself. You know, she's such a brilliant actress. Uh, listen, uh, before you go, speaking of alternative realities, what about this alternative reality whereby Liverpool have won multiple <laughs> Premier Leagues in the last few years? <laughs> Oh, listen, I mean, I, can, I can't even sleep at night now. I'm so excited about Liverpool. I celebrate, I have to say, Declan Lynch. Will, will, will you go to the open, the retrospective open top bus well, tours? That's say, what I'm going to ask. I've already done it, right? Declan Lynch uh, from the Sunday Independent <laughs> is a neighbour of mine and we're big Liverpool fans. We watch all the matches together. We celebrated those Premier League titles even even as City were, were winning <laughs> You, you them, knew you what know? was coming. Well, of course, you know. Um, <laughs> it's really, I mean, it, it's just sickening really, you know, when, when, when you, when you, when you read about the charges and everything, it's yeah. um, it's it it would just it's just such a, a a blight on the Premier League. It's just hard to know what's going to happen. I mean, I would love to think that that you know titles if if they're found to have done mm. found guilty of wrongdoing, I'd love to think that titles will be. But there's no joy. There's no joy in receiving a retroactive. Uh, league title or a, a or a gold medal from an Olympics ten years ago or twelve years ago. No, and we saw that you know um, uh, Rob Hefferton got a, a a retrospective medal, and it's brilliant for him because he's down in the record books. But he doesn't get the the opportunity on the podium. Yeah, there's like, no the, national anthem moment. There's no podium. No. There's no stadium moment. There's no you don't get those that that sort of year of love. Yes, that, like say Michael Cruz would talk about that. Yes. Like, you know, after he won in Barcelona in ninety two. It was like the world just became a friendly, a much friendlier place because everybody smiled at him and said hello to him and beeped their car horn. And so yeah. you don't get any of that. You just get a medal in the post, you know. And, and by the way, this should have been yours all those yeah, years ago. Yeah, and I guess it 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 doesn't permeate as deep in the national consciousness, particularly for those minority sports, because we're we're all fans of them while it's on. Yeah, and when the when medal comes six months later, people have moved on. Yeah, it would be so strange if they strip City of those titles that that you know Jose Mourinho will have been a winner, a league winner with Man United. Yeah. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will have been a league winner with Man United. But they treated uh, him very Rogers, harshly really then Brendan in hindsight. Rogers, and all these, all these managers were sacked the following season, you know. Yeah. So it's, um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens and, and especially given, uh, given Newcastle's ownership now as well. Um, mm. it's, uh, I, think, I think this could potentially change football because it did, in, like scandals have changed football in other countries. Yeah. In Italy, it changed football. Scandals in Marseille changed French football. Yeah. You know, I guess whenever you're living through something, you, you expect the status quo to exist forever. But, you know, the Roman Empire eventually collapsed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, Juventus. Uh, but the funny thing about Italy is they, they seem to have ongoing scandals. Yeah, they exactly. They've scandal just accepted it now. We're, we're starting a new <laughs> yeah. and then there's another scandal. Um but 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 yeah, I, it could it could completely change the game. I, it would just be nice to feel that every team is competing on a on a level playing field, you know, or close to it. I yeah. mean, I know. Look, there's there's huge disparities between clubs, the the, the wealth of clubs, and but but the, you know, Petro states owning clubs, it's 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 completely different. You yeah. know, it's a, a different thing altogether. But but you know, and I do speak for Liverpool Football Club here, you obviously do. as a fan. You do. But to think that Liverpool during that that era that man city era to, to think that liverpool won the league and took man city to the final day of the season twice mm. uh, given 
you know, what appears to have been happening at Man City is is really extraordinary. I hope we'll be saying that about Arsenal by the end of this season. But anyway, I live in hope. Uh, Paul, an absolute pleasure. Likewise. Listen, thanks a million for coming in. Uh, we, on. We've moved on a long way from the original uh, focus of the conversation, which was Aldrin Adams and the legend of the Nemesis, uh, the second book in the Aldrin Adams uh, series. And we wish you the best of luck with it. Thanks so much. Thank you. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.